Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Today is a man who recently got out of Arkham Asylum, Jacob. <laughs> Why, thank you. I think. Where am I? I didn't realize that your cell was next to Joker's. Eh. I think you got a little bit of the, uh, some spare uh, laughing gas there. Eh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Why, thank you. Let me use our co-host. A man who is now regretting... That he didn't leave out the candy for Halloween. Welcome, Drew. I would have done something like that. The problem is kids in our apartment complex never come by for candy. That is true. That's what I keep hearing. Which is weird. Not that it matters. I'll be too dead dead to open the door for anybody. <laughs> that is Halloween. true. That is so true. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So let me introduce our special guest. Uh, a man who... Uh, has a tendency of living in the sewers and was born on a Monday. Welcome, Dallas, from Geek Devotions. <laughs> Dallas, born on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a Friday, but that's okay. What's going yeah, on, guys? You know, How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, much. man. How are you? I'm right. <laughs> so excited to be here. We're yes. excited to have you on. <laughs> yeah. So, Jacob, you got some uh, interrogations for yes, our Yes, I do, our actually. Oh, great. So... As most of our audience knows, whenever we have a guest, we have uh, a, a, a round or a uh, a punishment of uh, punishment? a volley punishment a volley of uh, a battery of questions for our, for our special guest. So Dallas, more violent as I go. What's I'm happening? Yes. <laughs> well, we are talking about Batman here. <laughs> <laughs> he is a little brutal to you know, the uh, the scum of Gotham. Well, they are a superstitious and cowardly lot. <laughs> Adam West. All right, so that, my friend, is a quote from the first Batman comic book. Thank you very much. Okay, but it sounds like something Adam West would say. Golden era, but moving on. Okay. <laughs> we'll send you the book later. Okay. <laughs> it's on my DC app. <laughs> okay. All right, so Dallas. Sir. Uh, so... What was um what was one of the either cartoon series or animated movie that you watched as a kid that you liked, but then as an adult you've changed your tune? Oof, that I liked, but now as an adult I've changed my tune? Yeah. Man, that's difficult, my brother. Um <laughs> Really? Because I had thought one just right off the bat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably the Mortal Kombat cartoon. I liked it as a kid, and I found it on YouTube. And I checked oh, it out, yeah. and I was like, oof, this is not good. I didn't realize there was a Mortal oh, Kombat yeah. cartoon. Oh, yeah, there oh, yeah. was. I mean, it makes sense that there would be one. I mean, we make cartoons out of everything kids shouldn't be watching. <laughs> 
Pretty I true. know this. <laughs> I'm aware of this, but I don't think that either that was not on a channel I was watching at the time, or I already knew that was since I since I couldn't play that game at the arcade, I fairly probably knew I wasn't supposed to watch the show either without asking. It was yeah. on, if I remember correctly, like USA or something like that. Okay, now there you go. That because makes sense. When I was, that totally makes I, sense. At, at the age I would have been watching Saturday morning cartoons, all we had was ABC, NBC, and Fox. See, and, and Nickelodeon. I caught it a couple of times when I would go to friends' houses who had cable. Because uh, like you, I didn't have cable. <laughs> so and my friends had it, and I was like, what is this gloriousness? Which is probably why I liked it, because I only saw like one or two episodes Yeah. while eating like really fancy breakfast. Ah, so what was one that brought to your mind, Drew? Bobby's World. Oh, gosh. That was I, know I, that I, that. That was. I know I watched it, and I, and I, and I kind of sort of maybe liked it, but maybe because I didn't know any better. Right. <laughs> maybe I was doing something else. I just know, I know I watched it, and I saw a clip from it like the other day. Not a whole episode, thank the Lord. And I was like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> I said one of my favorite things that stuck in my this head. This makes I say the things. Disney version of Doug look good. <laughs> I'd say that there's one line from Bobby's World that stuck in my head since since I was a child. And uh, his mom sends him up to go wash his hands. And you, and you hear the water running. And he goes, you know, my mom always says I should wash by my ears. But why can't I do it like a normal boy? And then his hands are behind his head. And he's washing his hands behind his ears. Ah, okay. watch behind his ears. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the line I always remembered was when his uncle, I think, said that he was out of shape, and Bobby's like, well, "What kind of shape are you supposed to be in?" <laughs> oh gosh, that like, and and the fu- sad thing is that's the funniest line I think I ever heard. In that show. <laughs> oh man, that that was a show when I was a kid. I despised it. Oh really? I I, fa- I found Bobby just the character absolutely annoying as can be. Well, if I was like, just like, oh, if we're like, talking like, about cartoons we even found annoying as a child. Yeah. I have one that might make me disowned by my entire generation. Wow. Oh my gosh. What? Rugrats. I didn't care for that one. I hated Rugrats. <laughs> that show was dumb <laughs> and not in a good way. Yeah. I've, I've met people of the younger generations that were just like, they love Rugrats to death. And when I was a kid, I did not like kids at all. I like little kids. I was just more like I don't I don't know what it was, and then the, the adult, and then God changed my heart, and I was just like, "What the world?" You're in kindergarten. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. It's like why why are you why are you eating a crayon? What's the draw with that? <laughs> I I don't know. I'd be like, yo, God kind of just changed my heart when I got when I was more in adulthood. But when I was a kid, it's just like I I hated Muppet Babies when I was a kid. I just really didn't like it. Uh, Bobby's World. I was like, ugh, this is so annoying. But there again, God changed Bart when I was an adult, but either way. It's been uh, so long since I've seen Muppet Babies, I don't even know if I'd like it or not. I remember liking it as a kid. Yeah. But I don't think I've seen the show since I was a kid. So. All right. Anyway. So, all right. So, speaking of, you know, the, the feature which we are reviewing this afternoon, uh, you know, I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. Uh, so we've talked earlier that your favorite, um, your favorite Batman ever was uh, the Batman the animated series, right? That was my favorite Batman show, but my favorite Batman, Batman show period is is not that one. Okay, 
That's what I was trying to refer to yeah. when I said that. But either way, uh, what was your, b- besides Batman the Animated Series, animation-wise, which was your favorite adaptation uh, into animation form? Of Batman? Of Batman, yes. Okay. Okay. Favorite adaptation into animated form. Um, yeah. Probably animated series. Uh, it, it's okay. just a top shelf. Top. T- mm-hmm. uh, it set the bar for what Batman animated should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it kind of it fell off a little bit when they went to the new adventures because they're trying to make it a little more kid friendly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it wasn't bad. It just it lost the texture that the original one had. Um, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say the controversial statement. Batman Ninja wasn't a bad movie. Um, okay. I still need to watch that. If you like, if you're a fan of anime, you'll mm-hmm. love it. If you're just, uh, eh, you, you won't care for it necessarily. Um, I gotcha. So yeah, I guess animated series, man, that's just my top shelf one. Um, although Batman beyond man, that was a pretty lit show. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. I love Batman beyond. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Well, uh, then, if I can, if I can ask, go who, who is your favorite Batman? Oh, Michael Keaton from 1989. Excellent. Okay, cool. Okay, so going Batman, going back to Batman the Animated Series. Do you do you recall your favorite episode? Yes, it is the one with the gray ghost where uh, oh, Batman that's has a good one. Yes. background sequel where you see what inspired him, and I love it on multiple mm-hmm. dimensions. One, you get this insight of who inspired Batman. But mm-hmm. the Grey Ghost was played by um, Adam West. Adam West. Yeah. And Perfect casting. on top of that, it was supposed to be a uh, a type in shadow, if you will, uh, using the biblical term, of the shadow, who mm-hmm. canonically mm-hmm. in the comics was present for the death of, of Thomas and Martha Wayne, tried to stop it but failed. And so he followed Batman uh, in the background, influencing him as he grew and became the Batman. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's one of those things where technically DC can't refer to it anymore because they don't have the rights to the shadow. Mm-hmm. But at one time, there was at least that connection somewhere. Yep. So, oh, okay. Fact, as far as I'm concerned, it's can't. It is uh, issue 259 Batman. Oh, okay. Nice. And then there was a second appearance, which was issue 253. Batman. Nice. Yeah. So that's Very where nice. that story comes from. Oh, okay. The the episode that always got me was actually in season four. Uh, it's the one where Robin runs into the, the little girl, and she's running from Clayface the entire time, and you get the realization that, oh, she's actually a remnant from, uh, not Two-Face, but uh, Clayface. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that episode just tugged at my heartstrings that the fact to be like she got reabsorbed into Clayface and the Robin's reaction and the whole just like it, it was just emotional gut punch with absolutely that one. Like, dude it was amazing absolutely, absolutely incredible so All I right. have two okay my the first one I really liked was the Christmas episode from season one. Oh, of course that's amazing the Joker kidnaps uh, the commissioner and two other people who I can't uh-huh. think of at the moment. right and the other one is the one with Matt Hatter in it. Oh, yeah. Where he, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he forces Batman to go through essentially Wonderland. Ooh. Where yeah. he's, and he's got all those people with mind-controlled helmets making them think they're uh, 
Alice in Wonderland characters. Yeah. I don't remember which episode that is. I just remember liking it. That was a good one. Okay. All right. So if you were... Now, granted, if you were to be transported into the world of Batman, Mm -hmm. and you couldn't... It'd be like you were having to face all of Batman's rogues gallery, and you could not use... Batman or the Bat Family at all, but you could bring one animated animated character into the world to assist you in your fight against. It's too easy. Too easy. Continue. But okay. It's too easy. All right. Go ahead. Uh, who's you pick? Spawn. Spawn. Okay. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to go with Saitama from One Punch Man. I mean, come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he beat him all in one punch. He but would. That is. That is true. But I wanted to, but if you want to keep in the world, why not yeah. grab Image Comics' version of Batman? That I agree with that. Completely agree. They did have a crossover. They did. Book, so, a couple yeah. of them. Look. No, no, no they only had the, one. He had a couple with Dread. That's who he did. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, <laughs> you weren't expecting that. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, those are the only questions I real with you. Know, uh, so that ends our our, our round of inter- interrogation, aka our our round of uh, the questions. interrogation, huh? The interrogation. Yeah, the interrogation <laughs> is now ended. You you can now you can now go back and you know not tell anybody that we you know tormented you so. Well, I I, I do have one other question. Okay, technically, go for and it. that is uh, Dallas. What have you been watching? Um, I've been watching um, Vampire Dies Quickly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's What's that? New, I don't even know what that is. It's a new anime. Uh, they're only on episode three. Um, I'm still waiting for it to come stateside next week. Uh, but I'm watching through Funimation. Oh, you're watching a move, something that's not even out yet. Okay. No, no, no. First two episodes are legally out on Funimation app. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, with ads, they're uh, they're free. The third episode hasn't come out yet, and it is um, a really humorous story. <laughs> um, takes place in modern time, and um, you have a vampire hunter named Rolando. And um, in the first episode, he goes up to this this creepy. Um, a mansion where the people are like, oh, the the invincible vampire Dracula is in there, and so he opens the door and he's like, ha! And the vampire goes, send, and he just dies. He's like, oh my god, he died. And he's like, <laughs> and he gets back up. He's like, what? <laughs> and you find out that he's really just a really weak dude and um, not invincible. And he's like, why why are you allowing people to call you the invincible and dreaded vampire? And he goes, well, I mean, it was really good for the economy because the tourists were saying that. So. I was like, why not? <laughs> so Bob, that's really good. So ends up, I will have to look into that. Yeah, the main through line for it is that he ends up having to live with uh, the vampire hunter, um, and um, they have to kind of do life together. Okay, that sounds interesting. Indeed, <laughs> Jacob. All right, so. Like we said in pre-show, uh, we were at a friend's place for a Bible study, and then someone decided, let's watch Monty Python and Holy Grail. 
he decided yes, that. Yes, I agree. I agree. Because uh, I wanted to go in and hook up that Blu-ray player to make sure it worked. Yeah, because he's having surgery. Later in the week, he's not going to be, uh, he's going to want it, and it's not going to be hooked up if we didn't do it that night. Yeah, I agree. my thought process here. Yes. And to test it, he said, I just said, just throw, a mo- throw one of these movies in that you know, you're borrowing from me. Because that was my copy. <laughs> and he just went through the list and said, well, I hadn't seen this in a while. And it was Monty Python. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure Francisco loves that. Uh, it's his favorite film. Not that he's here yet. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I watched that. It's I, I originally watched that in college. And I was like, what in the world is this? Then I watched it here. I'm like, what in the world is this? I get a little bit more of it. And it's 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 story-wise is good. It's just like it's it's not my cup of tea when it comes to comedy, but like I, I appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in the day, back in the day when I was a kid, uh, even to the day I carry around a Swiss Army knife for one reason. To because you're a man in East Texas. No, I mean that's because fair. I said every man Swiss in East Army Texas. knife. A pocket knife, no matter who made it, is something every man in East Texas should have. Well, it's, you got to MacGyver it every once in a while. Exactly. Yeah, I've started watching uh, MacGyver season one. Wait, did you and... grow a mullet? No, okay, I didn't grow a... Oh, good night, no. <laughs> no, this would turn into an afro in a hurry. <laughs> Af- I mean, uh, afro my... molds are a thing. Yeah, afro molds is a thing. Agreed. But Wouldn't no. that be an afrolet? Afrolet. Oh, my gosh. I absolutely, uh, MacGyver was my hero as a kid because, like, the guy could do anything. Like, defuse a bomb with a stick of, like, a, a paper. A, uh, I swear I thought you were about to say defuse a bomb with a stick of dynamite. I was like, yeah, that would defuse a bomb, <laughs> all right. Very effective. Very 100% effective. 100% effectiveness very in defusing a bomb. Yeah, with, a, like, a piece of chewing gum and, uh, like, a, like, a wrapper or something like that. Just, like, like absolutely. Huh? Like, two chains? You like said to defuse it with a wrapper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Hey, depending no, on the wrapper, no. uh, they might be po- it might be possible for them to defuse a bomb. <laughs> no, but it's just like I've I've always loved MacGyver. I've ever since that day I've always ca- be like I've always uh, carried around a, a, a Swiss Army knife just because of that. So you watched some MacGyver this week. I watched MacGyver. I watched okay. MacGyver. And, uh, original, I assume. The original MacGyver. Uh, I've watched a few episodes of the newer one. It recently uh, was concluded, uh, I think in 2019, 2020, but uh, it's pretty good. It, it's not it's not exactly MacGyver, mm-hmm. but you know, MacGyver did everything by himself, and this MacGyver does everything with everybody. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's because it's built on the NCIS CSI... Agree. Law and Order style show. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Much As, like Hawaii Five-0 is like that. Well, Richard Dean Anderson, who played, you know, MacGyver in the original, said, yeah, it's like a buddy cop show with a very iconic title. That's about it. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Uh, and then I started watching just today because I saw it on, uh, on YouTube, of all places. Uh, they had... The first, like the first full season of, um, what is that? Oh yeah, Robotech. Oh yeah. Well, you yeah. can find that in a lot of places. Actually, yeah, you can. I just be like, I remember because my cousin Brian, 
way back in the day when we were kids, we would go over to his place and he had episode one countdown. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, amazing. I didn't, had no idea what Robotech was. And uh, to this day, I've only seen two episodes. And I like, I know our friend Chase is like, oh my gosh, Robotech. He'd, he'd let you borrow it because he's got it, I think. Yeah, probably. But yeah, yeah. that first episode countdown, you know how many how t- many times I've seen it? Four times now. Four times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched it because I was curious myself. Uh-huh. I... Didn't get to episode two, and then later on, I watched it again. And whatever reason, I didn't get back to it. And then one night, we're over at his at Chase's. Yeah, and he starts playing Robotech. He plays. We gotta start episode one. Says I've seen this episode already. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> and then just to, for the whole kit and caboodle, I've seen the first episode of Macross, which is the same episode <laughs> but subtitled but in Japanese. Oh my god! It is gosh. different though. It is different. I agree. It is di- yeah, it is different, but I mean, it's still basically the yeah. same episode. Now, Jacob, you know that Robotech is three, the entire series is three entirely different series that have nothing to do with each other that they dubbed yes. over to make one continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harmony Gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those guys were crazy. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, minus they, they, had, they, they made one very large flaw. Only one. He's, okay, they, they got the rights to the show... But they didn't pick up the uh, the pl- the uh, what is it the uh, I don't know the 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 plane which is like the the icon of the show the Valkyrie yeah the Valkyrie you know what that turned into uh, the Stargazer on Star Trek because that's actually used parts of the Valkyrie models when they were kit bashing that yeah even worse. No, I'm being serious. It is? Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You look no. at the Stargazer, the little nacelle, nacelle parts, those yeah. are from the Valkyrie. Nice. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> All right, so it, it actually went, he, the, it became a character called Jetfire in Transformers. No, are you for real? I, I'm serious. Bro. I'm serious. Look it up. Look up Jetfire from Transformers, and then look up the uh, the the Valkyrie from uh, Macross. You ain't wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. I see it. It's the exact character because uh, our Hasbro picked it up, and before Harmony Gold could do anything with it, so they had an entire line. They even had the plane, but they couldn't have it transformed because uh, our <laughs> Hasbro had the rights to it. Silly Hasbro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Aren't legal rights fun? Oh yeah, yeah. We recently a couple like what was that? Last two months ago, actually, Harmony Gold and the uh, the 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 people who created Macross actually came to a deal to where they could start importing Macross uh, stuff here to the states and have it dubbed. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. But the biggest, my understanding is the biggest issue with Macross was the music because the yeah. music is all licensed music it was not written for the show so the the music is a pain in the butt to get licensed over here mm-hmm. is my understanding I mean, yeah but i could be wrong there i don't know i mean I've, i deal with youtube and copyrights with that and i can i can contest it's terrible <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. but yeah that's that is all i've been watching except for this movie and i can't wait to watch episode two our bot our part two part two <laughs> i keep i keep thinking Robotech. <laughs> well, clearly we have his view on the movie in a podcast, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a terrible movie. I'm out. <laughs>
<laughs> all right, so yeah, that is all I've been watching. So what about you, Drew? I was just waiting to wonder how long I was going to say. No, um, along with watching this movie and Monty Python, as we talked about, yeah, uh, I finished the last episode of season two of Star Trek Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. It ended good. It's when we finally get done with Tangled, which I'm probably going to start re-releasing those episodes next week. Okay. Uh, for season two. When we finally get to this, you're not going to see the ending coming. Okay. That's all I'm going to tell you. Okay. Because hmm. I didn't see it coming. But it, it ended it, on so. a, it, it ended nice. So uh, Okay. And definitely a setup for season three. It better be a season three with that ending. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Massive cliffhanger. I love those. That's season three. That's never happens. That's putting it mildly. Um <laughs> Also, I started down a uh, show, started watching a show that uh, I watched once when I was in high school, but because of when it came on late at night on Friday, uh, and because it would have been while I was in high school, so I had whenever I, I would miss a bunch of these episodes when it was airing, because mm-hmm. uh, if it was an away game, like if it yeah. was for a football game, because uh, I was in the band, obviously I did not play football because... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh if we got back super late, I'd miss the episode. So I never watched the episodes in line mm-hmm. of this particular show. And since there's a Netflix live action version of this coming up in a few weeks. Yeah. I have started actually going through for the first time, beginning to end. I nearly said Outlaw Star. That's not the name of the show. Cowboy Bebop. Also hey, a good this one. Confused Outlaw Star easily. is Outlaw Star is good. I need to yeah. go back through it again, and I do have it on Blu-ray too. Yeah. But Cowboy Bebop, I'm going back through. I just got. I think I'm up through episode five, which is Ooh. the first one with Vicious. Oh yeah, that's a good nice. episode. Good episode. So, and, and ironically, I went back and rewatched the clip of the opening for the new show that they've got on YouTube right now. Oh, and it's gosh. like, Oh, I know what episodes they're doing. Cause I recognize these characters. <laughs> uh. And then if you haven't, and if you haven't seen the, uh, the lost session, which is a essentially a trailer, another trailer they put out for the live action cowboy bebop. They just put it out today. Really? Uh, it's, it's kind of, will give you kind of an idea of how they're doing the show. And I, I to be honest, I'm actually kind of, interested in it yeah it looks like one person i saw described it as scott pilgrim meets quentin tarantino wow what yeah (laughs) okay that sounds amazing yeah so i I, from what i if assuming that's the style of filmmaking they're going to go with i mean i'm fine with it and the actors all three of the actors because they had uh faye uh, jet and spike in that clip as like yeah you're they were spot on in my yeah, opinion. but the, they're they're missing like the best character ever of that entire series. The scoring. Ayn is going to be there. Thank you. Seeing pictures of Ayn. <laughs> Edward, I suspect we're not going to get to her until season two. That's oh, my suspicion. I would say that the best character in the whole series is the scoring because that music soundtrack is yes. a character of oh itself. Oh my god! And it is her. Uh, that, that original composer for the show is actually doing the compositions for this. Oh, really? I'm so excited yeah. now. Nice. Now, okay, I'm even more excited much, now. Yeah, and it sounds good. What I heard sounded good. And of course, you, you can watch the opening. And it's like, it's Tank. How do you not do Tank for the opening <laughs> sequence? Right. <laughs> 
So they, they really definitely got that down. So that that looks good. And then, of course, I've, I've been playing, of course, Dragon Quest Eleven on Mondays. If you want to come see me make fun of a Akira Toriyama video game that I'm actually enjoying very well. Uh, especially hearing me singing when something stupid happens. <laughs> Dragon Ball Quest Eleven. Yeah, so you can come watch me do that. And I'm actually still going through uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for my second time, which I'm trying this time to 100%. Wow. Because I'm crazy. <laughs> and when I have other times, I've been I've also been doing a little bit of Metroid Dread, which I'm not that much farther from where I was last week. So, <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been watching and playing, so... Excellent. Uh, what do we got in the news? Assuming right. we have news. Oh, we have news. If anybody's familiar, we we reviewed one of these movies before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be the amazing, absolutely incredible film of um, Coraline. Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. From uh, we did that last Halloween. Yes, we did. And the studio name is Leica. Leica, thank you. That was the word I was looking at. I was like, how do you pronounce that word? <laughs> Leica. In in your defense, that is a tough word to know how to say when you first see it. Yeah. Or fifth Either, see it. Yeah. I've seen the word a thousand times, like Leica, Leica, Leica. In that moment, I was like, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> but either way. Either way. So, yeah. Um, so, after the success, they, they brought Coraline back into theaters. Leica Studios, Shop Factory, and Park Cir- Circus announced uh, tickets are on sale now for Leica Studios' 15th anniversary celebration of Paranormal on... Paranorman? Yes, Paranorman. Thank you. <laughs> Paranorman. All right. Uh, they will Tickets will be available November 16th. Uh, so, yeah, if you are interested... Yeah, uh, Fathomitz is doing uh, Paranorman. So if you want to go check that out, go check it out. All right, so uh, this past, I think Saturday it was, uh, we had the DC Fandom uh, free virtual event that came out. And oh my gosh, you you get the, uh, obviously in relation to the movie we're doing now, the Batman trailer. It's like, oh my gosh, that was so good. If you have not watched it, go watch it. I will. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Sheesh. Yo, know, it's you know, it's it's not a signal. I mean, like, it's not a signal. It's a warning. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. This is a signal. It's a warning. So come on, man. <laughs> it's from the trailer. I figure. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to continue. It's part okay. of the joke. It's like, I'm not saying a word. <laughs> All right. So, uh, in animation news, uh, this movie I am probably not going to watch, but just reviewed. Uh, Aquaman, King of Atlantis, uh, will be coming to HBO Max on October 1st. Uh, it's an animated series, which will air October 21st of this month. Yeah, of this month. Thank you very much. And uh, so... Yeah, so they're on the October 21st of October 2021? Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, so the animation, if you've seen the animation, it's very much of like that that very doomed series, Thundercats Roar. Oh. Yeah, yeah I'm not watching it either, though. Yeah. You know, being a, uh, a hardcore Thundercats fan as a kid, I was like, Blasphemy! 
But either way, be like, yeah, if you are interested, go check it out. If you are subscribed to uh, HBO Plus. Max. Max. Max Plus. Whatever. Disney Max. <laughs> Disney yeah, Max. Disney Max. <laughs> All right. So we were, we were talking about Batman the Animated Series earlier. So this has been in the rumor mill forever. So during this event, they announced that Batman Cape Crusader uh, will be coming to HBO Max and Cartoon Network. Uh, pro- uh, exclusive produced by Tim, uh, Tim. I want to say Tim Burton, but it's Tim, uh, Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. Uh, yeah. Apparently, it's a uh, a return to Batman the Animated Series, almost a continuation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is being uh produced by G.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves. Uh, isn't Matt Reeves uh, per- uh directing the Batman? I do know. Rawr. Either way, some of the commentary, please help me out. <laughs> but, uh, yes, he yeah. Is. Th- thank you. Uh, yeah. So it is being produced, obviously, by uh, Warner Bros. I really don't like that. Warner Bros? It's Warner Brothers. But, uh, yeah, it's Warner Brothers animation. Yes, you know, no one actually says Warner Bros. They always say Warner Brothers. I know, I know. This is how it's officially printed out. It's Warner Bros., but it's Warner Brothers. Anyways. Uh, Bad Robot Productions and Six in Iowa. All right, so the last one is this is a direct to direct to home video. Uh, Catwoman Hunted, uh, the all new DC animated movie uh, being produced by Warner Brothers Animation. Uh, Full length animated film going to be released on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray combo pack, um, uh, and on Blu-ray, it will be available on February 8th, 2022. So that is all I have in for news. And it's all, like, wonderfully, it's all being wrapped around what we're talking about today. <laughs> Just seemed to work out nicely yes. like that. So like it's, we need to jump into the spoiler-free section yes. of our review of Batman The Long Halloween Part, Part 1. one. So, Dallas, Sir. what are your spoiler-free thoughts on this film? Spoiler-free thoughts? I thought it was a good film. Um, I thought that the production quality was interesting. I am struggling with... I can't get into some of that stuff because it gets into my likes and dislikes. Um, man, how do we do this without getting into likes and dislikes? It was a good film. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it... <laughs> It was. I mean, the the acting was on point. The everything was was really the voice acting was good. Um, this is based off of um, the Long Halloween the book, and we were talking the pre show. If you go into this blind, <clears throat> it's a little different than if you read the book, and that can be good for you or it can be really bad for you. By the way, uh, <clears throat> but um, this story is. It is on the. It's like it, it's on everybody's top ten list of stories for Batman, because it hits certain notes. Um, that hits the whole detective side of things, and you see some of that played out in this. And so, um, as far as being a spoiler-free re- section of this review, <laughs> it was good. All right, Jacob. Uh like Dallas said, it's really hard not to go into spoilers with this film. Uh, 
I enjoyed it. It was a really good story. Uh, it kept be like there again. I haven't read the graphic novel yet, mm-hmm. but like it keeps you guessing what's going to happen. Absolutely. And the fact that like you get for someone who's followed Batman primarily through animation and the live action movies. And the best example I can think of is Batman, the animated series yes. where you see Batman actually doing detective work. Like this was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Overall, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I've got little problems here. and I got one problem and one little kind of... It, it made me sad when I realized who this voice actor was. Mm-hmm. And uh, that made me really sad. But other than that, I enjoyed it. And I honestly, I can't wait to watch part two. Drew? Uh, I have not read the graphic novel. Oh. But I can tell you this. After watching part one, it is on my list of things to read as soon as I'm allowed to read, uh, purchase new books again. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm on Geek Devotions as a book log golf and I don't want points until, I don't want to have any points until after December. Uh, It's fair. So, uh, based on that, that should kind of tell you spoiler free wise how I feel because I am I I am curious who actually the holiday killer is. I have my thoughts, even though some of those thoughts were well. We won't get into that until yeah. later. Uh, but I, I, I'm intrigued by the story. I'm curious to see where this goes, and I'm curious to see how it originally went. So yeah, this is definitely one I'm going to suggest. Uh, I wouldn't say it's. I mean, would you say it's good for kids? Because I'm not really sure. I mean, I know there is. I would say teenagers and up. Yeah, yeah, definitely more like young adults. This isn't it like be for, this is like it wouldn't be for kids. Bolt. Like it wouldn't be like kids when we were young when we watched Batman the animated series. Yeah, um, it's a I little bit edgier. Like, than yeah, it's yeah. edgier. It's like it's it's got it's got cursing in it. It's got a lot of lot of violence in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, definitely for more like a young adults, you know, teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't don't sit your little five year old; they'll probably get scared. <laughs> but if they made it through the opening sequence, yes, that is a slow start to this. <laughs> Agreed. But uh, anyway, uh, I think that's going to be it for our spoiler free section. So yeah. join us on the other side of the bumpers, and we will get to spoiling this thing. Don't forget that you can download. Download? Don't forget that you can't. Don't forget that you can listen to us record the podcast live every Tuesday over on our Facebook page, The Cellcast, our uh, Twitch channel, The Cellcast Gaming, and on YouTube at Cellcast. Also, don't forget to join our Patreon if you would like to support us monetarily. At $1, you'll get our everlasting thanks. At at our $5 tier, you can get some artwork from Jacob. And at our $10 tier, you can get bloopers for every every episode we've released that I've remembered to release them for. And you can get commentaries from different movies. So come check us out over there if you would like to support us financially. Each week on Stunning and Brave, hosts Chris Cowan of the Babylon Bee and Nate Henderson of Some Boring Budgeting Job confess their privilege, 
spotlight stunning social media posts, and fabricate outrage, all while keeping you super woke and enlightened. They will make you laugh. That's right, you have no choice. Check out Stunning and Brave at stunningandbrave.net. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course, <laughs> who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all Star Wars, and check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. The following is a spoiler-filled for Batman the Long Halloween Part 1 She is the vengeance He's a knife So better watch out Batman The Long Halloween Part 1 was directed by Chris Palmer, who also directed episodes of Voltron Legendary Defender. And it was written by Tim Sheridan, who also wrote Scooby-Doo and the Curse of the 13th Ghost. Roto. You know, the sequel to Scooby-Doo and the 13th Ghost. Yeah. Where they never actually met the 13th Ghost until this special. Oh boy. And of course, it is based on the graphic novel, uh, Batman the Long Halloween, by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. The cast includes Jensen Ackles as Batman slash Bruce Wayne. And of course, most people probably recognize him as Dean Winchester from Supernatural. Hey, yeah. how you doing? <laughs> Josh Duhamel was the voice of Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. And if y'all remember uh, earlier in the, uh, well, a couple months ago, we did uh, that reaction to the Taco Bell commercial. Yes. Oh, I remember. Apparently in 2018, the same quote unquote production company that Live Moss Studios. Yeah. For the uh, same product, the nacho cheese fries. Yeah. They did a, they did two uh, fake trailers, movie trailers. Okay. For something called Web of Fries. <laughs> and he was the hero character in that. Oh my. Oh my yeah. God. I got to okay. find that later. <laughs> I remembered the commercial after I saw it because, like, oh, I do remember this. Uh, Naya Rivera mm-hmm. was the voice of Catwoman and Selena Kyle. Bow. And in the television show Glee, she played Santana Lopez. Mm-hmm. Mm. I didn't watch the show, so I have no idea Me who either. that is. 
Troy Baker was the voice of both Joker and Antoni. And in the video game Persona 4, he was the voice of Kanji Tatsumi. Oh, wow. So just a, l- a little bit what, like watching the film, like hearing Joker, I'm like, that's not Mark Hamill. No, I mean, no like, but it's close. It's, it's so close similar. to Mark Hamill. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not... Then like, who is it? And I'm watching the credits. Oh, it's Tom Baker. Of course, it's Tom not, Baker. Not Tom Baker. He's the doctor. Troy Baker. Oh, Troy Baker. Entirely different person. <laughs> okay, then. Very different. Well, never mind. <laughs> Tom Baker was in Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> he was. Okay. Okay. Uh, Billy Burke was the voice of Commissioner Gordon. And he played Charlie Swan in Twilight. Oh, you know okay. Bella's dad? Bella's dad, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wrong my, kind of Batman my... for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the wrong kind of Batman. So, a, fu- a funny joke from this morning. So, I'm talking, about, I'm talking to my boss at work about the Batman trailer. And we're talking about Robert Pattinson being Batman. It's like, okay, so is, uh, is we're talking about like Batman the whole bit. And then he says, he's walking off, being like, so is Bella going to be in there? In my mind, I'm thinking like, oh, he's talking about Bella Lugosi. It's like, yeah, Bella Lugosi yeah, is going to be Batman. <laughs> And then it made me think of uh, the podcast that you're on, Dallas, with, um, oh. Uh, the Bottom Shelf? What is it? Yeah, yeah, The Bottom Shelf. Because I, I listened to that. I was like, that's a movie? <laughs> yeah, that's a movie. It's a movie. I've seen it. Really? And I've seen Ed Wood, the picture of them making that movie. Really? It's bad. Wow. The move, the Ed Wood's not bad, but the movie Plan 9 is bad. Two minutes yeah. of footage of Bella Bogosi, mm-hmm. and they based the entire film around those two minutes of footage. Pretty wow, much. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, so this instantly I thought, oh, yeah, Bella Lugosi's going to be in this film. He's been dead for I don't know how many years, but he's in it. <laughs> you grabbed the same well, four minutes of footage. Well, you're a vampire once. Yeah. <laughs> All right, continue. Okay. Uh, Francis Collier was the voice of Nurse Tamara. And in one of Jacob's favorite television shows, Hannah Montana, she played Roxy. Okay, gotcha. Continue. <laughs> okay. Greg Chun was the voice of Mickey Chin. And he played the pet cat in The Way of the House Husband. That was the black cat from the second episode. I had to look it up. That is so awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I love that series so much. More than I should. I agree. It's because it's hilarious. He's who I want to be when I grow up. I want Celeste to become like super wealthy and rich, and I just be like a house husband. You know what? I I think I'd agree with this myself. (laughs) All, all, All I gotta say is sweet nibblets. Dude, you need to watch the show. It's good. They just added more episodes, too, to Netflix. They did? Yeah. <laughs> Guess what I'm going to be watching before next episode? <laughs> I didn't know there were new episodes. I'm going to have to go look that up. Oh, yeah. So, uh, getting back into this, David Dastmalchian. I apologize, David. I just screwed up your last name. <laughs> uh, he was the voice of Calendar Man. And in the most recent DC uh, live action movie, The Suicide Squad, uh-huh. he was the voice of Polka Dot Man. Okay. Interesting. Not the voice. He played Polka Dot Man. Okay. That, oh. Hmm. I, that works. That works. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Alistair Duncan was the voice of Alfred Pennyworth. And then the uh, Middle Earth uh, video games, the okay. Battleful Middle Earth, and I can't remember the name of the other one. Uh, he was the voice of the uh, ghost elf Celebrimdor. Celebrimbor, I can't even say the guy's name right. What? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen those games? I have not. They're okay. They're probably the least Tolkien, Tolkien thing you can see, play, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's just Alfred's an elf. Uh, Gary Leroy Gray was the voice of Pierce. And in the television show, The Fairly Odd Parents, he's the voice of AJ. Hmm. Amy Landecker was the voice of Barbara Gordon for all three seconds she was on screen. <laughs> and in Troll Hunters, she plays another Barbara, hmm. the uh, hmm. mother of the kid. Uh, Julie Nathans- Nathanson was the voice of Gilda Dent, and she played Holly Toole in Final Fantasy XV. However, Jim Peary, who's the voice of Sal Maroney, had the much bigger role in Final Fantasy XV as King Regis Lucius Cal- Callum. Oh, wow. Oh. The hmm. one played by Sean Bean in Kingsglaive. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, he, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> Another bean beats the dust. <laughs> Jack Quaid was the voice of Alberto Falcone. Mm-hmm. And in one of my favorite television shows from the last year, Star Trek Lower Decks, he's the voice of Ensign Brad Boimler. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) But also from uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, we've got Fred Tadaskior, who played Solomon Grundy and uh, the large triad member in this. But in Lower Decks, he's Lieutenant Shax. The Bajoran security officer who yells all the time. Oh, yeah, that guy. (laughs) Don't you remember my favorite line that I put in the episode title for that one? When you get to hell, tell the paw wraiths that Shaq sent you. (laughs) Special (laughs) delivery from Bajor. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's funny. And and last but not least, we've got Titus Welliver, who was the voice of Carmine Falcone. And in the show Bosch... He played Harry Bosch, which mm. I don't know what that is other than an Amazon show. I, I will say this. He did a great job playing Carmine. I, I agree mm, with that. Agreed. Uh, getting into the Kingdom Hearts connections. We're back once again with Fred Tadaskior, who, like I said earlier, was Solomon Grundy. But in Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance, he is the voice of both I'm sorry, it wasn't Dream Drop Distance. Yeah, yeah it was Dream Drop Distance. Uh, he played both Kevin Flynn and Clue in the grid l- in, on the episode based the level based on Tron Legacy. Huh. Also, Greg Chun, uh, who was Mickey Chen, is uh, additional voices in Kingdom Hearts 3, but in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, he's the voice of Ike. Hmm. One of the Fire Emblem characters. I gotcha. So, Jacob, what do we got in info and stiff? All right, so info and stuff. You can watch this now on HBO Max if you are subscribed to it. Uh, uh, IMDb at a 7.3 out of 10. Production was obviously Warner Brothers Animation and DC Entertainment. It had a release date of June 22nd, 
2021, so this is very new. Uh, very new release. Uh, had no box office because it was directed video, which is sad. I would have watched this in theaters. Um, but uh, home release. Uh, part one was released uh, the same day, obviously, the 22nd, uh, for digital download, DVD, and Blu-ray. Uh, part one was delayed uh, due to The Batman, which was originally to be launched... Uh, uh, was supposed to, originally supposed to launch the new animated continual of Bat or Superman Man of the Man of Tomorrow. Apparently, it was supposed to do something that was supposed to correlate with something that never existed. Uh, All right, so hmm? sequels, obviously, because it does have a sequel. Uh, part two was made available online streaming uh, starting July twenty seventh, two thousand one. It was released on DVD and Blu ray on August tenth, two thousand two thousand twenty one. So that's all I have for an info and stuff. Okay. Jumping into the summary. On Halloween, Johnny Vitti, nephew of Gotham City mob boss Carmine the Roman Falcone, is murdered by a mysterious figure who leaves a jack-o'-lantern at the crime scene. Gotham City Police Department Captain James Gordon summons District Attorney Harvey Dent and Gotham's vigilante Batman to investigate the murder. Catwoman leads Batman to Falcone's cash stockpile with Dent following. Based on a coin flip, Dent decides to burn the money rather than move it legally. In retaliation, Falcone hires Mickey Chen to bomb Dent's house. Both Dent and his wife Gilda survive, but Dent is hospitalized. Batman chases Chen down to the sewers where Chen runs into Solomon Grundy. Batman convinces Grundy to spare Chen and take him to the GCPD. Lacking evidence of his involvement in the bombing, Batman and Gordon are forced to release him. Gordon advises Batman to learn more about being a detective. On Thanksgiving, Falcone reminds his son Alberto that he will never inherit the family business. Dent escapes from the hospital and meets Gordon, who gives him a gun for protection. That night, Chen and his associate are killed by Vidi's murderer. On Christmas Eve, Gordon and Batman question Calendar Man in Arkham Asylum, on the identity of the murderer who is now coined Holiday. Calendar Man names Falcone, Sal Maroni, and Dent as suspects, but calls Batman's war on crime a joke. Batman then realizes that Joker has escaped from Arkham. Not wanting Holiday to replace him as Gotham's most notorious criminal, Joker confronts Dent in his home and threatens to kill Gilda if he is proven to be Holiday. Batman visits Maroni, who was also attacked by the Joker. Maroney advises Batman that if Joker is Holiday, he will inevitably target Falcone himself. Joker harasses Falcone, warning him to divulge any new information about Holiday to him. Falcone's bodyguard, Milo Scrappa, chases Joker out of the building, but is killed by Holiday. In the Batcave, Batman identifies Maroney, Falcone's sister Carla Vitti, Joker, Falcone, and an unnamed figure implied to be Dent as suspects. Bruce Wayne attends a New Year's Eve yacht party celebrating Gotham's Children's Clinic hosted by Falcone, who calls out Bruce during his speech as his, as the son he never had. Bruce see, meets with Selina Kyle, who calls off their relationship due to their conflicting secret identities. Joker attempts to gas Times Square using a stolen plane, hoping that Holiday is among the crowd. Meanwhile, Selina meets with Alberto to learn about the Falcones. Alberto laments about having never been respected by Falcone, who also rejected his fiancée uh, from when he was at Oxford University. 
Batman foils Joker's scheme and comes to the epiphany from one of his comments. Regarding returning to the yacht, Batman accuses Alberto of beating, being Holiday, targeting his father's associates to gain power within the family, unintentionally revealing his own secret identity as Selina recognizes his voice. Alberto argues he only ever wanted to live his own life rather than being controlled by his father. As the new year hits, Alberto is shot by Holiday and falls into the bay where he is cut to pieces by the yacht's propellers. Ouch. Batman pursues Holiday, but the killer escapes. As the yacht is evacuated, Gordon and Dent meet with Batman. Batman tells his allies to, re- to assign a protective detail to Falcone and vows to be a better detective. In a post credit scene, Bruce attends Alberto's funeral. Falcone approaches him and requests Bruce's help in laundering his money, but Bruce refuses. Bruce is then introduced to the woman accompanying Falcone, who shakes his hand. Vines emerge from her sleeve to grip Bruce's arm, turning his eyes green, indicating that Poison Ivy has taken control of him. Dun, dun, dun! You think? Nah, really? (laughs) Uh, Trivia on this is pretty quick. Uh, This is not the first time Jensen Ackles has has lended his voice to Mm -hmm. a Batman story. He voiced Jason Todd, also known as Red Hood, in Batman Under the Red Hood Mm -hmm. in 2010. Uh, When Alberto Falcone tries to kiss Selina Kyle, she says, We can't. We shouldn't. Also, she shows a tendency to hurt Carmine Falcone, like burning up his money and spying on his conversations. This is a nod to the comics where Selina Kyle believes she is Falcone's illegitimate daughter, something that makes her go to Italy to investigate in the comics after the story. This is the sixth comic book role for David Dalmalchian, whose name I probably just screwed up again. After Thomas Schiff in The Dark Knight 2008, Kurt in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Dwight Pollard in Gotham 2014, Abracadabra in The Flash 2014 and Abner Krill slash Polka Dot Man in The Suicide Squad 2021. Animation guys say what? Hmm? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I, I'm, I'm quoting here and no one's going to get it. I quoted what you said. That's why I, I knew what you said. That's why I said, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> this is the... F- uh, uh, Batman The Long Halloween Part 1 will be available on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray Combo Pack at a later date in 2022 as a combined presentation with the film Batman The Long Halloween Part 2. Huh. At least that's according to IMDb's trivia, so take that for what it's worth. Well, they did that with um, The Dark Knight also. And yeah. Right. Honestly, I was holding out to buy that that particular version. But then you guys said, hey, we wanted to do the show. And I was like, well, I've got to get them. <laughs> well, that's what I did. And I can't imagine the 4K is going to really add that much. I don't have a 4K TV. Video quality. So I don't care. Well, I mean, I do have a 4K TV and a 4K Blu-ray player. And I still don't think it's going to add that much <laughs> to what I saw. So, uh, Dallas, since you're our guest, you get to go first. What is your first like for this movie? My first like for the movie is um, the actual opening itself. I like the way that uh, it introduces Carmine and Bruce, and they're having that conversation right at the front end of like, you know, hey, your family was always you know considered family, and mm-hmm. Bruce is real defiant about it. But then they go into the sequence where they're showing you uh, images from the actual book itself, 
as they kind of do the opening credits. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. First off, um, I appreciate it for a variety of reasons. One, uh, like our friend Paul J. Powers over at Retro Rewind, I don't like white text on a black background for an intro. We can do much more of this. Oh, yeah. Second off, it to me, it was their nod of going, okay, this is based off of established books. Then we want to show respect to that. And so that's my first like about it. It was just the uh, the intro plus just the there was a um, there was a feel to it. There was a there was an atmosphere that that brought um, to it that uh, it puts you in the mood for this type of story. Okay, gotcha, Jacob. What was your first like? Uh, my first like is the the overall mystery of who Holiday is. Of why is Holiday killing all these people? Uh, why is he killing killing them on certain holidays? Mm-hmm. The 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 overalling mystery of it was just intriguing. I was like, okay, it's like, okay. One, it's something to do with the the, uh, the Falcones and what was the other family? Maroni. Maroni. Uh, and I was just like, wow, that's intriguing. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, who's this guy? It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, it, it's it's got it's got it's. Uh, I was I was like Batman and. Um, the the latter part of the first part the part one where it's like oh okay it's it's the son it's the uh the rejected son it's got to be him and nope it wasn't him <laughs> I was like oh my gosh <laughs> but uh yeah I'll get that I'll get into that one next with uh my second like but yeah just the overall mystery that you get a an actual detective Batman mm-hmm. who's who's placed by uh Dean who's voiced by Dean uh, Westchester Winchester. Winchester. Thank you. I knew I was going to say it wrong. Winchester. Winchester. I love that stuff. It, yeah, it, it's, it's the rifle, not the area where the X Men train. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> wow. Well okay. played, Drew. Nice. But um, yeah, the the the, the overarching mystery of what's going on, and it's a part two. So now it's more like okay, now I'm intrigued. Like who, what, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bats, figure it out. All right, so yeah, that's my number. That's my first like. What about you, Drew? My first like is how much this feels like an episode of Batman the Animated Series, but with more adult feel to it. Agree. The art yes. is like straight. The art style is straight out of that. St- that uh, it's got you got Art Deco like for miles. Yes. Okay, all throughout this, you got the. It feels like like on the animated series. It feels like it was drawn on black paper instead of white paper. So it's got that more darker feel to the blacks. Um, And much like that, you're still, like you said, the mystery, the mystery is so good. I still don't know right now who the, who holiday is. Mm. I have theories. Yeah. One of them is that Alberto is not dead, (laughs) but I don't know this for certain. He kind of became chop suey. (laughs) I'm just saying there's some conveniences in how that landed. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And in my agreed. defense, I've been reading a lot of Al- Ab- Agatha Christie lately. Ooh, ah. yeah, that, <laughs> so, that makes you question so everything. I'm, I'm already questioning obvi- the obvious details like that. It's like, oh, obviously it can't be him. He's dead. It's like, you have no body. You don't know if he's yeah, dead exactly. or not. Exactly. <laughs> Just All because you saw was some, blood and paper. You don't even I don't even know if that was actually Albert Falcone Falcone that fell into the river. So very true. Very very true. And definitely was could not have been him. Obviously it could not have been him in the who was quote unquote in the holiday costume. Mm-hmm. 
That's obvious. So it's obviously somebody he hired is my theory, but I don't know. Oh, okay. I do not know. I am guessing. I am sitting here staring at that Blu-ray right there, wishing <laughs> I could put it in that player right there and find out. Yeah. And the fact that it's making me want to do that, I, I wanted to plug it in as soon as I finished the first. Yeah, I was yes. the exact same. I was the exact same. And thing. the only reason I did it didn't is because I did not want to be spoiled at what was coming before mm. this review. So I'm yeah. in the same boat as you. Like when it ended, like Celeste was watching it, and she's like, "We need to watch the next one." I was like, "I have to wait." Now, <laughs> I've read the book. I know how it's supposed to end. However, I also know DC and how they have. They have messed up some of my favorite stories. And um, and sometimes they've changed it and it's been good. Sometimes they've changed it and I've been I've been angry at it. Uh, so I can't tell you how they're going to end it. I know how it's supposed to end, but I'm not going to say anything yet. I okay. appreciate that. Yeah, thank but you. But you're right. The, the movie does lead you going, what's next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at, at the end of this movie, any idea you had for uh, who the holiday killer is, mm-hmm. It's gone. I can tell you yeah. they've changed enough in the story that I'm going, I don't know where we're going sometimes. Oh, that's nice. Okay, cool. Like they've changed that's a good. few things. I'm like, like I know where we're going, but I'm like, oh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely with the, um, the, the mystery part be like, you get almost a sense of, okay, it's the Joker because mm-hmm. the joke Joker winds up. He's got holidays gun. How did he get holidays gun? And it's 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 alluding to okay, it's gotta be the Joker. But then it's like, even the Joker says, "I'm not the Joker. I'm trying to kill him. I'm right. not the Holiday. I'm trying to kill him." Well, <laughs> the reason he's got Holiday's gun is because for one thing, it's well known what Holiday's gun is. It's the yeah. same model rifle. Yeah. Apparently, he's got a bunch of them. Yeah, it's got a uh, a baby bottle uh, stopper, whatever you call that thing. Yeah, at the end of it to work as a silencer. Mm-hmm. That's probably easy enough to get a hold of. Yeah, it's a twenty-two. For Joker, how ironic would it be to be killed by your own weapon? Mm-hmm. I follow the Joker's logic, strangely yeah. enough. <laughs> that concerns me, Jacob. Are you okay? I get the joke. Are you safe right there, Jacob? It's a bad joke, but I get it. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I might be like, I don't have any, I, I have a pocket knife. I think I'm good. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true. Hey, I'll just MacGyver it. I'll be fine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dallas, what's your second like? My favorite, you, you actually touched on it, was the, um, it felt very much like Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love that era of the animation. I was a little mm-hmm. thrown off at first because, um, again, it's, when we talked about this earlier, I'm, I'm having a hard time separating the book from the, anim- from the show. Yeah. yeah. And um, I have a lot of love for the book. <laughs> and the art that's in the book. The book is very noir, and there's a lot of things that I don't think you could pull off. And um, jumping into it, um, what I found off right off the bat was what you were saying. It's very much like Batman the Animated Series. You have the Art Deco, this very gothic mm-hmm. feeling. Uh, it just felt right for Gotham. And then at the same time, even the costumes themselves have been adjusted to look more like Batman the Animated Series than what they were mm-hmm. actually like in the original comic. In the original comic, this was the era where Catwoman wore all purple. Uh, Batman had uh, little spikes coming off his head 20 feet in the air. I mean, that's that's what he did. Um, but this one, it was like it was a little more in line with what we saw in the animated series. And I like mm-hmm. that. I feel like that they, they the way they did that, it was designed, A, for a modern audience, but also to pull in R-age individuals, basically, who yeah. grew mm-hmm. up with the Batman. 
Well, and I suspect that uh, we obviously we know that the Batman animated series stuff is easily animated since it was animated on a television budget mm-hmm. back in the nineties. But I also suspect that original art style is probably not easy to to animate where it's going to look good. I can see that. For being honest, Jacob, what's your second like? Uh, my second like is more. Like, even diving into the mystery, the fact that the greatest detective of all time gets some things wrong. Because <laughs> most of the time, he's right on the bat. He knows exactly what's going on. Like, the, the fact that the the ruse with the Joker and then with uh, uh, Falcone's kid of, of being the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the son who was rejected by the father and... Just all those clues adding up, it's like, okay, he's got it. Like He knows who um, the killer is. And it's not. Even the even Batman says later, it's like, I, I wasn't there to, I wasn't there to uh, take down Falcone's son. I was there to protect him. But mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Because there again, he's, he's, he's lined up all the pieces. And he's going off what the Joker had said and everything. And it was just more like, and then it was more... It's like, okay, obviously because uh, Bruce and uh, Selena have a, have a connection. They've always had a connection. And when like he realized that Selena's on the boat, that's where he goes. Because he knows, it'd be like, oh, he's it'd be like, Falcone's son's going to take out, try to take out uh, Selena. So I got to stop that. So he's going more off his emotion than anything. That's that's from from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be like he's he. There, there's a little bit of be like the the woman I love is in danger, so I got to save her. But well, same, I mean, this is still early in Batman's career. Yeah, at least the way it's presented. So yeah, yeah, it is. It makes sense that mm-hmm. you know, he would not be quite the world's greatest detective yet. Yeah, not quite. But it's just the 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 conclusion to it that. Uh, Holiday winds up uh, assassinating uh, Falcone's kid. I was like, "Whoa, okay, that was good." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> he's not Holiday. Oh, Holiday's up there. Oh, this is not good." And then you get the the uh, the end credit scene. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is gonna get good." <laughs> yep, I can't wait to again. I cannot wait to watch part two. Yeah, and it's probably going to annoy you that I can't probably can't get you the disc until like this weekend. <laughs> I may watch it tonight. No fear. Can I come over? Uh, come on, bro. Two-hour drive. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, yeah. My boss won't like that too much. <laughs> not. Well, you can be back before morning. You just won't have any sleep. Yeah, exactly. You'll it's be... like, dude, why, why, why you, why do you look like you're, you know? Been you know, like, dude, what's wrong with you? Be like, look, I had to go watch part two. Look, man, it was hey, amazing. Look, let me help you out. My pastor roasts his own coffee. We'll swing you by his crib real quick, <laughs> get you some some Java juice, and we'll send you on the road. You'll be fine. There you go. <laughs> okay. Anyway, right. my second like is that while this Joker may not be voiced by Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. it is close to stinking enough. Oh my he gosh, really yeah. this guy talented. is like. He, this guy is like my second favorite Joker at the moment, with right. my first being Mark Hamill. Right. Of I mean, this is like right spot on. He's he's just as demented as I expect him to be without uh-huh. being, 
you know, disturbing. Right. Which mm-hmm. is what it seems like a lot of Jokers, at least nowadays, seem to be going for. Mm-hmm. Thank you, uh, Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just... I, he was just such a delight. Uh, it's really weird to say that about a villain. But it, <laughs> he was a delight to watch the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was on screen. Because the whole thing about stealing the plane... Oh, and yes. <laughs> and then he's acting like he's five years old with this plane flying around. Right. And he forgets to turn the safety <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. When he, when he makes the dive, says, hey, why did that work? He gets out the manual <laughs> while he's flying. <laughs> and it's like, oh, the safety, of course. <laughs> Don't eat this anymore. <laughs> Yoink. Hit the button. Oh, it's green now. Green means fire, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, was, he, the, that was that's my kind of joker where it's like he's not disturbing he's just evilly fun yeah. he's an evilly fun he's a character you love to hate yes and hate to love what's interesting is he the, the same actor plays Batman several times I oh know. yes which makes sense they're some ways they're foils of each other yeah, yeah. it's more of a like a yin yin yang from each other <laughs> yeah and then he also played Jason Todd in the uh, Arkham games which he did. That's has right. some interesting mm-hmm. Joker relations too. Yes, it does. Anyway, uh, I think I know what one of your dislikes is going to be, Dallas. But uh, go ahead and give us your first one. My first dislike. Um, my first dislike is actually um, it's pseudo counter something that Jacob said, and that is hmm. they they too much laid down Bruce's ability to be a detective. Um, in my opinion, like there was okay. just too, again, this is part of the problem of like, I've read the book and the, the book itself is like year three, year two and three of, yeah, of Batman's career. And so he's been at this for a while and he's well-trained. Like he's been training to do all this stuff since he was a child, literally, um, uh, to, to think outside of things, to capture villains and stuff like that. The whole rooftop scene where he's up there with uh, the commissioner and he's up there with everybody else and with a uh, with um, Dent, mm-hmm. he, it's like they're schooling him, and that's just like a complete reversal of everything that was in the actual book. And so that was one of my frustrations. Is like, yes, there was, and and this is my issue with the way they played it down. They made it so that he was so inadequate as a detective. That the fact that he's not solving this, it's frustrating, obviously. You're like, oh my gosh, this is a great story. But if he was the great detective that he was in the actual that he is actually in the book, that makes this mystery so much more intense for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it's like, man, this is really getting underneath his nails. Now it's not just that he's an inept detective, it's like he's a good detective, but this villain is so much more. So for me, it it actually neutered some of the uh, the strength of the story. I still want to see what's happening. Don't get me wrong; it's yeah. still a great story, <laughs> but it did neuter a little bit of the of the intensity of it for me. Okay, I got you, Jacob. Your first like, all right. Dislike. So my first dislike. Uh, I'm not a fan of this animation style. I'm Thank not you. saying the the art style was good. It's the how the animation is done. Let's sit it here was... for a minute. Let's talk about that. Please continue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure the technique how this is, but it's, it's digital. It's, yeah, it's very much digital. Everything's composite. And it's like that you, series Archer. 
Yes, very much. It does much. have that bit of a feel it, it, to it. It does yeah. have that feel where it's like it's almost like partially animated. Mm-hmm. Like there are some scenes and it's just absolutely incredible. Definitely your fight scenes. But everything else, it's more like you they create one walk cycle and then it's just repeat, 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 repeat. Over and over again. Where it's it's not a full walk cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too robotic. Yeah, it's way too robotic. Absolutely. Wait. That that was that was that was the uh, that was the callus of what the word I was looking for was robotic. Yeah. The uh, like how the characters move are very robotic. It drove me nuts. What bothers like, me, Jacob, is that this is a continuation. This is part of we were talking about this in the pre-show. This mm-hmm. is a this is actually I looked it up while we were talking. This is actually a, a, a continuation of Superman of Tomorrow and Justice uh, Society World War Two, mm-hmm. and that's the animation they had decided to go with. For all these yeah, DC elements. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's driving me nuts because like there are times where it's like, oh, this looks nice. And there's mm-hmm. times where you're it, it, it's robotic. It's awkward. You're like, why Why am I watching this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the animation in general. Because there again, there are some really, really good fight scenes. Yeah. Really good fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Very like how they how would they use the camera. Very similar to how the... Uh, uh, Jeff Loeb would use uh, the art to describe the scene. They would use that every once in a while, but the very much the robotic movement of the characters was just jarring. Mm-hmm. It's and, cheap is what it is. Yeah, it's very cheap. It feels that's just cheap. literally copy and paste and move it around. Yeah, exactly. You can make it. You can make stuff that cheaply and make it look a lot better than this. Yeah, is my understanding. Or I've seen better than this that had that was about the had about this budget. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But yeah, my 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 first dislike is very much the uh, the animation style. Well, it's good. A, I don't they... have to. I, I can take that off my dislike list now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes, what is your first dislike, Drew? Why is Solomon Grundy in this film? <laughs> he doesn't do anything. Yeah. He's on screen. He's got a. The, the guy rec- had only recorded one line. Yes. Which was Solomon Bo- Grundy, born on a Monday. And then they just used it again when they had him show up. Mm. Now, granted, when Batman leaves the little Thanksgiving dinner down there in the sewer, that was nice and sweet. That Yeah. I thought that was good and all. But for the most part, he for a character you're going to put on the back cover... To say, or on the front cover of your movie to say, here's one of the villains that Batman's going to be fighting, and he doesn't actually fight Solomon Grundy. Now, I have a theory why on Why is he here? I, I'm assuming he's in the book. Yes. Which is why he was included in the first place. He's in the second if, book when it's Thanksgiving, and there's a big old drag-out, knockout fight between Grundy and the Bat. Uh, okay. Which makes Batman bringing him Thanksgiving dinner all the more impactful because it's okay. like he's like I'm, i want to take care of you i'm don't i don't want to have to hurt you like this so he's feeding him trying to take care of him at the same time i think i theorize the reason why they 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 nerfed that entire scene is because there is a recent movement of people who are like well batman just beats up on the mentally ill okay and they didn't want to have that portrayed in this book or in this movie that's my theory as to why they did that I can I can maybe see that, but then yeah. I still think of Solomon Grundy as just being as a giant zombie. So in my mind, I don't even think of him as being uh, mentally deficient because mm-hmm. he's just a big zombie. 
they're not known for being smart creatures. Right. <laughs> I don't. I, I honestly, Solomon Grundy is one of those characters. I don't know who he is that much because he's. I I'm not as deep into deep into. I've not read a whole lot of Batman if we're being honest. That's right. So I don't even know. And he wasn't in the animated series, if if I remember correctly. He's so. in one episode. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't remember that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. If we're talking about villains who hang out in sewers, I was half expecting it to be Killer Croc, to be right. honest. <laughs> but, I don't know, it just felt like that was... Just looking at this movie alone, without looking at how it was treated in the original book and everything, it really feels like... Solomon Grundy had no reason to be there other than as a roadblock so Batman could get could get Mickey. Yeah. It felt much. like the only reason he was even there. Yeah. And I'm and in my mind I'm thinking you could have written that better. With a, you could have had a better way to handle that without mm. having to go and animate a full other character, especially one that's from Batman's Rogues Gallery of Villains. Yeah. Mm. But anyway. They're like for me, they're again not knowing the uh source material as well as Dallas would you you said you know Killer Croc I'm like oh that'd be great but DC has this thing of you can't have two characters uh, like for example in um, oh what was it or what I don't know no 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 I, I was thinking something else but apparently in the you know the the, the Batwoman show on CW mm-hmm. don't get me started um Apparently, Killer Croc is making an appearance. It's like, oh, okay, she's actually fighting a villain. So they're saying you can't use the same yeah, exactly. character. That, that, was even though it's, that was my notion. Even though it's in different universes and shouldn't affect one another? I think yeah, it, true. It's that, but also, like, I know they try not to have too many of the same type of villains together. Yeah. Unless there's a very specific reason, but the, if it's that's, a type. That's fair, and if you're going to have to pick between the two, it does make sense to go with the villain that was in the comic book since mm-hmm. you're actually trying to yeah, supposedly very true. adapting the comic book very true right. or, or the graphic novel if you prefer but it just felt like if if you're going to make that much of a change where batman's not going to fight him i kind of wonder why you need him there yeah for I'll the story that. for the story you're telling yeah so the the uh what i was trying to mention was so in arrow season i think season three season three they bring in the suicide squad yeah. And they they kill them off in like one episode because that exact same year they were they were doing uh, Suicide Squad hmm. in theaters, so they they killed off like everybody who was connected to the Suicide Squad, including Amanda Waller. Hmm. Waller, it's a weird choice. Yeah, it was a very weird choice. I was like, what? This is a really good character. Oh yeah, the su- Suicide Squad coming out. Oh that yeah, makes that makes sense. sense. I mean, Thanks. I can I can kind of see that because yeah. I what the season of arrow i watched i don't think any of those villains were in anything else at the time so <laughs> mm. even though i'm sitting there going you wanted to make a batman show when you made this didn't yep. you oh yeah Pretty much. absolutely because you're using all of batman's villains i don't know who green arrow's villains are but i i recognize every single villain drugs. here those were his villains drugs drugs <laughs> pretty much pretty much the 70s were all, wild all, all all i can say I just knew he dark- hung out with Green Lantern a lot. Yes. Yes. All I can say is Dark Archer, uh, Malcolm Merlin, in that series, oh yeah, the sucker should have died. Yes. Oh my gosh, I hated that character so much. <laughs> you can't kill Captain Jack. I'm sorry. <laughs> the man can't die. What bothered yeah, me was not the Raja 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 Ra
You've not watched Doctor Who. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is Captain Jack. He yeah, Captain I, I, Jack. I know who Captain Jack is because I actually watched like the good Doctor Who, like the the newer you ones. You make it. S- I, I'm not saying the old. Oh, I, you better dang. be careful how you say that. Yes, there are I, I, people I'm, I'm, who will raise Cain. Oh, yes, I, I'm fully aware when I said that. Whovians. Yes, I, I yes. completely agree. There again, I have not watched the old Doctor Who. I was introduced to the new Who. I know it sounds weird, but yes, the the uh, can you really call it new when it's fourteen years old? Yeah, <laughs> true. But either way, uh, there again, no disrespect for the you know the the original part of Doctor Who, but I, I grew up watching you, the you, the, you the watched newer. the reboot. I watched the reboot. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Continuation. Yes, continuation. But is it? it yes, is a continuation. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, it's a continuation. Moffat went to a lot of trouble to make it a continuation. Okay, so it is. okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But either way, yeah. Um, and Russell T. Davies did too. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Fun story. I have a action figure of Tom Baker's Doctor from the Doctor Who store from London. My pastor nice. went to London, and uh, he was there for a layover. He was going to India, and he tracked down this Doctor Who store just to get me some Doctor Who paraphernalia. Oh, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. My second dislike is actually you kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, there are too many rogues being presented in this dadgum movie, mm-hmm. and I say this because the whole point of this whole story was supposed to be it's supposed to be this time frame, this shift in Gotham going away from um, the old school mobsters to the era of the supervillain. You even hear him, one of Carmine's um, flunkies, say so. Like, he's like, hey, you know, used to these freaks were all on the edge, and now they're all here, mm-hmm. and um, all this stuff. And then they go to Arkham Asylum, where they meet the calendar man, mm-hmm. and who um, who is insanely creepy all of his own. You know, you're getting some yeah. real... Um, uh, the animation style worked really well for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Agreed. As bad as it was for everybody else. Absolutely. I mean, he was like uh, the guy from Psycho. What's his name? Um... Oh my gosh. Hannibal Lecter? Hannibal Lecter, right. I mean, you got some real vibes from him with that. <laughs> yeah, that thing. And so, but as you're walking yeah. past, they're walking past, they have all of the rogues listed. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you do? Like, this is like, so clearly these guys have been here for a long while. And then they make them say, yeah, it didn't put everyone here away. So this has been an ongoing issue that they've been dealing with. This isn't a, a shift in the era. The era's already shifted. And then mm-hmm. they made the mistake of the Joker is in the room with Dent, a scene that, by the way, never happened in the comic. And he's, you know, he's talking to Dent, and he, because he is accusing Dent of being the holiday killer. And he goes, There's only enough room in this town for one homicidal maniac. I'm like, And the 50 others in Arkham right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on here? You're worried about Dent? What about the rest of these cats out here? Why you knock them off? So I'm a bit perturbed by that. Like to me, that's a gaping story hole. Uh, okay. I don't know if it's just a matter of they just want to introduce everybody quickly, uh, so they can get on to the f- future movies with this new DC uh, anime universe or what. But to me, like again, it takes away the because at the heart, this is a a noir uh, a noir mobster film. Like Carmine is definitely the Godfather, right? They even mm-hmm. make the reference. He's going to sleep with the fishes. All right, they make that reference. Mm-hmm. And so you, when you have that that feel, you can't have the supervillain villain too much. You get away with the Joker, 
because the Joker at his heart was a mobster mm-hmm. who was, just happened to be a little bit psycho at the same time. And if they if they did him right, it would play well. Mm-hmm. But um, the rest of them, you really can't do that. And so to me, that was that was a problem. Was just there was too many supervillains involved and referenced and mentioned in a world that they were supposed to be scarce, but they're starting to come out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. So that's I my my dislike. Well, I, I kind of figured the the penguin and scarecrow and wasn't there a third one besides Calendar Man there? There was a uh, the uh, the Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter. Yeah, I assume those three were just you know like uh, fan service essentially. It's like. But it's the wrong kind of fan service. It's like, we're mentioning these people, except if you are a true fan, you've probably read the comic, and you know they shouldn't be here. Right. But anyway. But yeah. not even that. I mean, just the fact that you're mentioning these characters are there. I mean, it's like, we know who these characters are. You're now destroying the world that's there. Mm-hmm. A, a good fan service are going to bring it up would be like, you know, Gordon's going through a, a filing cabinet, and he says, like, yeah, we got some weird guy named Tesh that's running around Gotham for some reason. We'll hand to him later. He's small beans putting in the mindset this is a small time character we don't know who he is he's just a little nuts so we'll find him later we're worried about the holiday killer well, a good cameo would have been having a penguin be in the background on that ship that, there at new year's eve <laughs> because sense. that's where he would be probably at that time he's part mobster part aristocrat yeah he part might penguin. be he might be malformed but you know when you got enough money who cares <laughs> That's a great thought. That's a great... I mean... That would have been a better use of him as an Easter egg. Drew, yeah. you need to call up DC and just get this worked out. Yeah, that'll call work. They'll just... DC won't listen to me. I'm not edgy enough. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Well, I'll tell you what. We will Photoshop some black lines around you. Then you'll be edgy enough. You'll fit right into the movie. Okay. Well, I'll take your word for it. Change.org. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that works. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Jacob, what's your second dislike? Oh my gosh. So it's not really a dislike. It's more like a realizing, like watching this film and realizing who played Catwoman. Hmm. It'd just be like, ah, the the actress who who accidentally drowned him. Like, because I didn't realize that who was. And I was like, wait a minute. That even sounds really familiar. And I had to look it up. And I was like, oh. Well, I, I caught it when I was, cause I'm, I'm, I was watching the credits because I hadn't looked up the IMDb yet on anybody. Yeah, right. And I was looking for names I recognized. And then I very quickly saw in memory of, mm-hmm. uh, what was her name? I saw in memory of so-and-so, uh, the Catwoman. I can't, I, think of her, I can't think of the actress's name right now. Um, yeah, Naya. Naya Riviera. Naya R- Riviera. I thought, oh, I wonder who that is. And then three seconds later, Catwoman, Selena Kyle, not... Uh, Naya Riviera thought, oh, I wonder what she, what, how she died. Was it a COVID death? Because it would be about that time. Right. And I had to look it up. It's like, oh, no, that's that's a that's a, that's an accidental drowning. That's okay. Yeah. yeah it's, I, after watching and realizing it was dedicated to her, it's just like, I, I was, I was crestfallen. I was like, dude, this is terrible. She does a good job. As, she as does. She does an amazing job as Selena so, Kyle. Just for understanding, your your dislike is the fact you feel bad this young lady has died, yeah, not yes. the fact they it's... dedicated it to her. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, let's let's I make that make clear. Sure. Let's make that clear. Perfectly yeah. clear. Uh, your dislike is when you got to the end and unre- the fact that one of the actresses was dead and the yeah. movie had to be dead was no, I say had to be was dedicated to her because of her death. Because right. the fact that all yeah. that had all that ha- had to happen because of her death is what you're sad about. Yes, exactly. 
Totally it's get that. More the, yeah, more the like in Mortem be like it was just it was. Yeah, it was it was sad. It was saddening to hear that. Yeah, Celeste and I had and, the same reaction. We're like, oh man, that is so mm-hmm. sad when we saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's my quasi dislike, but it's more just like. Oh. All right, Drew. My second dislike. I'm not sure if I even have anything besides a nitpick, to be honest. <laughs> uh, because of the way this is set up, I mean, it's this is only over the course of three months mm-hmm. between October, well, really two months. If you're identical, because this starts it the first it starts on October 31st and ends on New Year's Day. Right. So we got we we focus on this period of time. And we've, I, I kind of wonder how on earth we're, I know there's not that many holidays between New Year's and mm-hmm. Halloween again, in reality, that you could do, a, uh, continue going to, but I'm wondering how many, how spread out is the next movie going to be? I feel like we, we crammed so much into this first half that I don't know where we're going for the next half. I know that sounds weird, but it feels like we, we crammed a lot in here. The timetable's got me skewed. Yeah, I get so, that. That's fair. And and, and I'm, sh- I'm sure the comic has some of the same tendency, but I mean, it was also written over the course of a year. Right. So, or released over the course of a year. This, we had it crammed into two different halves of the year. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's more of a nitpick. It's not anything big, because I mean... I'm sure I'm going to like the second half of this pretty good, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of wonder how spread I'm, what I'm afraid is not plugging, not having plugged in or anything that like we're going to, in the opening sequence, we're going to go past like three of the holidays like that. And we'll start off in Memorial day or something. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. It's like, I want to see if there's a murder every holiday or every major holiday, I want to see those murders, if that makes any sense. Right, I totally get you. And I want to see the detective process between those instances. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm afraid we're going to scoot past a bunch because we got to make make it in an hour and a half or however long the second half is. Mm. But plus they have they uh, the other the other thing is, and I just thought of this, they hinted so at so many times about uh, Harvey Dent that I kind of know he's even without looking at the cover. Of the second one, each I had seen, I could tell where the story was, what what, what event was going to have to happen yeah. in the next movie. Yeah, absolutely. They hinted at it so badly. Yeah, it's like, or they telegraphed I, I just, it all the way through. It's yeah, it was it was, it was now, a, yeah, it was telegraphed, but it was very be like it's obvious, but it's you know yeah, it's nicely done. Even it's though nicely I done. did like they showed how he got the coin, that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah but was, oh, you got it from the bats. That, that, that's interesting. <laughs> But at the same time, I'm looking at it going, I, I literally, there were three different, when when the house exploded, yeah. and when Joker showed up, I thought, oh, this here's, here's when he's going to get horribly disfigured again and turn into Two-Face. And that's not what they did. It's like, please quit teasing me. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> I recognize probably in the, I'm assuming this shows up in the original story, which is why it's happening here. But why, why it looks like they're happen, they're, they're bringing it up here. But I, I just, it made it feel like it was sooner in the story than it looks like it's going to be. Yeah. So anyway, enough of that. <laughs> uh, I'm just nitpicking at this point. That's right. Uh, 
Dallas, what is your first, you know, what is your rating for this film? My rating for this film is I'm going to give it a solid eight. It's a good okay. film. Mm-hmm. It was entertaining. It kept me on the of a seat. As someone who's read the book, uh, I was invested and I want to see more. I want to see what they do. Um, DC, again, I, I mentioned this in the front end of the show. They have a history of taking these iconic stories and changing some key stuff. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. Right now, it feels good. And I'm curious to see where they go with it. All righty. All righty. Jacob. I'm in the same boat with Dallas. We give a solid aid. It's great. It's a great storytelling. There again, not having uh, context of the original graphic novel. Uh, great story. Again, keeps you on the edge of your seat. Uh, you're... You're as clueless as everybody else in the movie. What's really going on? Who the holiday killer is? Bill, obviously, you know when he's going to strike. You just don't know who he's going to kill. Mm-hmm. Right. And that keeps you on edge. It keeps you guessing. And the the continual um, fake outs and uh, diversionary tactics in order to uh, pull your suspicion away from people to this character. They're called or, red herrings. Well, red herrings. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Red herrings. You should know. You watch a pup named Scooby Doo. There was a whole character named Red Herring. <laughs> I don't remember that character though. How do you not? Fred said it was him at the end of every episode. And That's Fred right. was wrong every you, you time. Know, you know how long it's been since <laughs> I've watched the name of a pup named Scooby Doo? A very long time. Just saying. And like, hey, hey, I maybe do, do Scooby Doo's voice, but I I haven't watched all of Scooby Doo yet. <laughs> Did you finish your thoughts on your rating, Jacob? Uh, yes, I enjoyed it. I can't. I cannot wait to watch ep- part two. I keep wanting to say episode two, but part two. Okay. I'm giving this an eight point five. Okay. And the reason I'm just pumping it up another is because it, it's a return to what I've been kind of wanting from DC when dealing with uh with a uh, Batman because. I love the Batman, the animated series. And in my mind, this is where they should, all the Batman movies should have been aiming at all this time. And of course they're doing other things because they have other, they, they, Mm -hmm. I'm not obviously not their target audience, but what Batflack. Yeah. (laughs) I don't mind Batflack. It's just, I still kind of prefer animated series. Sparkle bat. (laughs) Not going there. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) I, I just when I, when I when I put this on it, in a strange way, it felt like I was uh, seven years old, having just finished Power Rangers, and then Batman the Animated Series came on, and it was I was kind of back in that mode. I got you, totally again. Did that. and I appreciated that, even though it was definitely a little bit more adult. Uh, Very true. So yeah, I'm giving it an eight point five for uh, needling me in my nostalgia area, which brings us to the end of another episode, which. Well, I think we've kind of already said what our next movie is a couple <laughs> yeah, times. Yeah, kind of. So join us next week when Dallas is going to be back with us to talk about part two of The Long Halloween. Let's go. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh, boy. So, uh, Dallas, where can we find you at? Uh, primarily, you can find me at geekdevotions.com. The show from Devoted Geeks are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. Uh, my wife and I make weekly uh, devotionals on YouTube uh, based around geek culture. 
And outside of that, we have a podcast called Calm Talk by Geek Devotions. And then we also start a new one called The Bottom Shelf, which Jacob referenced earlier, uh, yes. where myself and some fantastic individuals, uh, John Haru and uh, Kevin, the dapper man himself, um, we review movies that are traditionally are critically known as terrible. And uh, we watch them so you don't have to to find out they're really that bad. And let me tell you, there's already been some controversial takes on our show. Okay. I am still looking forward to catching up in my rotation to where y'all are sitting. Because <laughs> I'm like months behind on all my podcasts. Just ignore <laughs> everything else. Declare bankruptcy, just like Francisco in chat, and just jump straight to it. I, I can't be like Francisco. I like Monty <laughs> Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> anyway. And he uh, likes Disney movies, too. Exactly. <laughs> you don't mind so, disobedient uh, children and talking animals. <laughs> I'm just saying that Lilo and Stitch is going to be an interesting episode for him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I really don't know which way that's going to go. I don't know either. Hmm. But anyway. Uh, so yeah, join us next week for part two. And uh, in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Right. So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob E. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron, and Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at the Cellcast Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Cellcast Gaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live action movies. And remember, cell is a single L. L. Joke goes right. <laughs> oh, ah.